Capital Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How you doing? How you feeling about your weekend? Looking good? Actually, yes. Yeah, Little D's uh, in town for a couple more days. We're, we're going to participate in a bocce tournament. Bocce, what is that? That's with the, you, the, you roll the balls around. People do it at wineries a lot. And uh, it's an Italian game. You got the, your little ball. That's the bocce. And you got two teams and you try to roll your ball closest to the little ball. Is it one of those? And you can knock the other ones out of the way. Is it one of those games where everybody's about the same level of good at it? Or is there an ability to get good at it? There's an ability to get good. Hmm. Uh, although, you know, everybody's pretty much good enough after two throws. Right. Plus, it's practically a requirement it be done with a wine glass in your other hand. Gotcha. Which is a sort of game for me, indeed. <laughs> so anyway, hope everybody's well. Thanks for being here, whether live or via podcast. In the future. So, interesting doings in China. Jack's been talking about this. I know you read about it a lot, Jack, and listen to the podcast and stuff. So interesting what Xi Jinping is doing. Really reigning in the private sector. Cracking down hard on Chinese industry. And you might be thinking, well, why the hell is he doing that? That's the only reason the Communist Party has legitimacy is they brought up the standard of living so much uh, in the past 25 years or so, 30 years. And as you pointed out, Jack, turns out Xi Jinping's a real commie. That's what the Wall Street Journal said this week is uh, he's a full for real commie, and he's trying to get away from that Western-style capitalism, and he wants to bring it back to more Mao-like country, which, like you just said, is weird given the fact that Moving toward Western-style capitalism is why you're on the verge of being a world superpower. Well, well you be- are a world superpower already, but right. maybe being the world superpower. Well, the belief is that the uh, the uh, capitalist-socialist hybrid, which they've got right now, is a temporary phase on the way to true socialism slash communism. Which, good. Go, give it a whirl. Knock yourself out there, G. I'm all in favor of it. Sucks for the Chinese, because probably millions of people will die. That's the history of trying this sort of thing. But it'll be good for America, because there ain't no way you're going to continue to be dominant if you try communism. Yeah, I agree completely. I think he's going to have widespread anger, unrest, and, and, and probably revolution, at least in, you know to some extent. Um, and the other factor is that he fears the business sector because they've become so powerful. And anything that, that, that is anywhere near the Communist Party in terms of uh, respect and, and, and heft and, and influence is a dangerous thing for a communist leader. So anyway, that'll be really interesting to watch. The idea that China's on some sort of straight tra- trajectory toward world domination is absolutely not true. And I want to thank Mort, loyal listener Mort, for sending around a really, really interesting piece of journalism about the Quad on the rise in the Asia-Pacific. The Quad is the U.S., Australia, India, and Japan. We've formed an increasingly close cooperation um, it, it, militarily, politically, et cetera, especially in terms of our navies. Witness the recent America-Australia uh, submarine deal that pissed off the French and got their permanently wadded panties in an even tighter wad than usual. Uh, but this is this is the sort of thing that makes it so difficult to predict geopolitics because. You know, China's rise, there's going to be a counter to that. And it'll often take forms you don't anticipate, like this Quad Alliance, which makes perfect sense. And everybody in it is, like, super enthusiastic about it. It's not like George Bush's Coalition of the Willing, where the Netherlands is like, yeah, I guess Saddam's a bad guy. (laughs) 
Or remember when George Bush said, don't forget Poland. They, right. had, they had like one troop they sent. Okay, we'll, we'll send a guy. Yeah. So <laughs> he's not our best guy either. But anyway, so uh, everybody's super <laughs> into this in the alliance. I mean, Japan and India, for instance, have a super productive trade relationship that's growing and, and, and interesting, but I won't bore you with the details. Uh, and so that's a really good counter to China. Now, my favorite political scientist is, uh, is the guy who wrote a book I quote all the time. Um, called uh, the 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 the, uh, the dictator's handbook. Bruce Bueno de Mesquita of New York University and the Hoover Institution at Stanford. Turns out, recently, and I did not know this, he has become like the leading game theory geopolitics expert. Didn't know that either. Interesting. They designed these incredibly complex algorithms that have to do with game theory. In short, it tries to apply science to strategy. And then they run scenarios through these incredibly complex algorithms to try to predict what's going to happen. And this guy's got an unbelievably high batting average because he he consults uh, companies and and governments these days and and runs his scenarios and everything and then tells them what's probably going to happen. They say his uh, former firm, Polycon, had 90% accuracy on predictions. And Bueno de Mosquito claims a higher accuracy rate on projects undertaken for Fortune 500 clients since then. So anyway, it's not perfect, but it's pretty damn good. Um, so they did a bunch of this stuff running uh, various possibilities in the future against, um, uh, through their algorithms, uh, having to do with the quad. And three major forecasts covering the next two years came out of the model. Three major forecasts. Number one, leaders in Australia, India, Japan, and the United States will become much more focused on Indo-Pacific security, and the countries will act in an increasingly coordinated way. They won't take any actions at a group as a group that are more aggressive than they already take. They're not gonna we're not gonna carry out giant naval exercises in the South China Sea, you know, to tweak China in the nose, probably. We'll remain cautious. Number two, Chairman Xi, Winnie the Pooh will pressure each of the quad leaders separately in an effort to create a wedge between them, but none of them will respond to them. Mm. Some senior leaders in China, here's where it gets really interesting, particularly within the military, will begin to favor a more conciliatory approach toward the quad, but they'll run into hard nationalists at the top of the Chinese Communist Party. China will make no serious concessions to the quad on its maritime claims. And number three... Other countries will align with the Quad or come close to its position on security, including the U.K., Canada, Singapore, France, and South Korea. That could come in the form of joining naval exercises or openly supporting the group's security-related positions. Other countries, such as Vietnam, will edge closer to the Quad and further from China than they are now which sets up a hell of an interesting next 15 years or so. Yeah. So I With just, Chairman <clears throat> Xi, again, the reason I threw out the economic stuff is as he tries to tear down industry, yet continue to grow Chinese uh, prosperity through communism. Good luck with that. So I just looked this up because I didn't know where India fit in in terms of their military strength. 20 most powerful militaries in the world obviously were number one. USA. Russia's number two because they got so many nuclear weapons. Yeah, you almost want to take that out of the equation. You almost do. Uh, then China, who are trying to counter. But right behind China, India, and Japan. India is the fourth most powerful military on the planet. Japan is fifth. 
I'm surprised to hear that since the I Constitution says they got to be purely defensive. I am too. Um, but so there you go. Getting India and Japan together, along with Australia's location to a certain extent, and we're giving them all those. Uh, Australia's nineteenth, but uh, we we just gave them. You know, I wonder how much far far up they go the ladder once we give them the nuclear subs. Exactly, they're number nineteen with a bullet. So those are some powerful militaries lined up against China. Interesting. And then you add in the UK, Canada, which I believe has half a dozen Mounties and a trained moose. Uh, Singapore, France, and South Korea. Oh, South Korea's got a significant military. You got that list uh, handy still? So, um, kind of curious to where they fall. Does Biden get credit for this, or is this something that started years ago? Oh no, no, it's not. It's not brand new. Who started the, it? The history of the Quad. That's actually an excellent question. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of new to the the alliance. Um, which, you know, is, is mildly embarrassing, but uh, South only mildly. Korea, I mean, I'm constantly embarrassed, so I hardly know this. South Korea is the sixth most powerful military in the world. You know, I've, I've never looked at this list before, but we got a lot of people on our side in the top ten to counterbalance China. Right, right. And the more China gets belligerent, and by golly they are, the more people are going to say, you know what, yeah, we probably ought to band together. So, it's it's good. I love it. This is mostly yeah. good news. Yeah. yeah. Cool. You ne- you never know. She is. Uh, they make the point. Actually, this is a different thing I read. She is not like whimsical and mercurial like uh, Chairman Mao could be, as much as he likes to uh, quote him. Very calculating guy. So he's not likely to do something nuts. They think. Um, but like I say, if you're into this stuff, the next uh, decade's going to be interesting as heck. So is ESPN showing some games based on skin color? That's an interesting idea. What now? Uh, Speaking of sports, it's not a sports story. Shaquille O'Neal wants to stop being a celebrity and explains why. And I think this, I hope in the be kind of nice for our culture kind of goes that direction. Among other things we can talk about. Uh, Text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. It's not just seniors lining up for shots this week. Pfizer announced that its COVID-19 vaccine works in kids ages 5 to 11. Finally, our children will be safe from COVID so they can go back to spreading every other disease known to man. They're adorable, adorable cesspools. Experts estimate that millions of elementary school students could begin to receive shots around Halloween. Now, kids can't get the same dose as adults. So this Halloween, get ready for fun-sized Pfizer. <laughs> but parents, don't forget to check the needles to make sure there's not a razor blade in there. Now, I appreciate that that was an attempt at humor. But his opening, finally, the kids will be safe from COVID. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just can't get past that. And is that... That's why I'm no fun at parties. Is that the different information that he and his crowd takes in? You know, the idea that uh, 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 Democrats, Bill Maher said this on his show, Democrats, according to studies, believe the COVID's 70 times or 70 times worse than it actually is or something like that. So I, I don't know. It's just it's just weird. I mean, look at the statistics. 
on, yeah. on kids getting sick and dying of COVID. It's almost nobody. And so the story is that California might be the first state to mandate vaccines for all kids going to school over five or ele- uh, six or whatever it is. But, um, well, that's all kids. You don't go to school till you're five. Um, unbelievable. Uh, why? Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, gosh, I was just about to read you something, and, and my phone reset. Uh, James Lindsay just tweeted, follow the science is officially completely dead. Yeah, it should be. The head of the CB- CDC gal just overruled that advisory board and, uh, and authorized uh, booster shots uh, for a much, much wider crowd, uh, clearly to better align with uh, what Biden had said last week. Oh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on talking COVID here, but that just, I... Could not believe last weekend, and I, I, I led with it on Monday because I was so flabbergasted, the way the media treated that FDA decision about the, everybody was so disappointed. I thought, why are you disappointed yeah. that the scientists decided they, they're not sure you need a shot? What, what what information do you have that they don't have? I mean, right. it's just weird. So you're just in love with getting shots. Well, right. What, uh, in, uh, what's the framework? What's uh, what's the direction you're looking at this from? What I don't even understand the question of having a rooting interest. I don't either. Since uh, again, allegedly, we're going to follow the science, which is definitely the number one phrase that needs to be banned from the English language for the rest of time. Um, uh, fact check needs to go away. Uh, I take full responsibility needs to go away, and following the science needs to go away. All those need to go away. You're yeah, gaslighting, you're on probation. Yeah, they're all worthless at this point. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. That's so weird. You got the 16 out of 18 scientists say, we see it this way, and the media is like, oh, no. No. Are you disappointed? Why? Mr. and Mrs. Reporter, a quick question for you. What if we impaneled 18 scientists to tell you what, which way you should be rooting? Would that be pretty thorough? Because that's, in effect, what we just did. You went into it rooting for something. Why? How? I don't know. I'm not. I'd love it. I'd rather not get a shot than get a shot. Just Sure, from... if they told me, you're, you're Team Pfizer, you're fine. You're great. Woo, that's great news. Why would I be disappointed by that? But if the scientists say I need to get one, I'll go get one. Yeah. Uh, I found this interesting. Shaquille O'Neal might be my favorite athlete of all time. Shaquille O'Neal is retiring from celebrity status. Although the Lakers legend has been uh, quite famous for quite some time, and even in retirement he's doing all kinds of commercials and all that sort of stuff, O'Neal wants to be remembered for his kindness before anything else. These celebrities are going freaking crazy, and I don't want to be one. I denounce my celebrityness today. I'm done with it, Shaquille O'Neal announced yesterday. Does that mean he's not going to make any more of those charming uh, The General insurance commercials? No, he's going to do do commercials. He just doesn't want to be a celebrity, whatever that means. I don't want to be in that category. Celebrities are crazy. They really are. Don't call me that anymore. These people are out of their freaking minds on how they treat people and what they do and what they say. That's never been me. I never want to be looked at like that. Good for him. Uh, Since retiring, he has become known for helping others with grand gestures that have included paying for a stranger's engagement ring. Recently, he funded one of his favorite restaurants in Atlanta that was going under because of the pandemic. Uh, He tries to do two of those a week, he said. Wow. All my life, everyone probably gets stereotyped, but us celebrities, we get stereotyped because most of these celebrities are out of their mind. I don't do that. I'm a regular person that listened, followed his dreams, and made it. 
Uh, I mean, it helps to be as big as a Mack truck, but yeah, and you what, did. And what mean? And and the re- one of the reasons I brought that up is I was thinking we uh, everybody is guilty of static analysis with things. We have a tendency to think that everything is going to stay the way it is now, and then you analyze from there or predict from there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the 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 way we looked at him during the pandemic, you know, the the awards shows just going in the in the in the crapper over the last couple of years. I wonder if the whole celebrity thing is just on the downhill side. That just crested a few years back, maybe like ten years ago, and it's just going to it's cease to be anything like it was. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I see a rise of different sorts of celebrities and different ways of worshiping them. I don't know. It's it's it, it goes back it's centuries. The ancient Rome had celebrities. There's there are learned writings about the phenomenon. Uh, I just I don't know. I hope you're right. That's an interesting thought. Maybe the advantage of everybody trying to be a celebrity or everybody can be a celebrity is the celebrities will have less power individually. That'd be awesome. Right, right. So you got a million views. So does everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everybody's got an opinion. So why do I give a crap what Gwyneth Paltrow thinks about this or whoever that thinks about that? Whatever. Shut up. You're just another person. I right. hope that's the direction we're going. And I wonder if maybe we are. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, pretty big development in the Gabby Petito story that we ought to bring you up to speed on. Oh, and Joe Biden answered some questions. We have tape. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, in a little bit, we're going to play you some Joe Biden taking questions, and that's notable. What now? That's notable, as uh, he takes less questions than maybe any president since Woodrow Wilson was in a coma. Um <laughs> And uh, he got kind of beaten up by the press a little bit. It was kind of a big story this week when uh, after his big U.N. speech and he's sitting there with Boris Johnson. Normally, that's a take questions scenario, and he didn't. And uh, his people shuffled everybody out of the room, and it kind of was a big story among the media. So I'll bet he's feeling pressure to take some questions, and he did a little bit ago, and we'll have a little bit of that for you in here in about 10 minutes or so. Yeah, and it's worth staying tuned for because he makes excuses. He blames others. It really is another weak performance. Yeah, well, we're kind of in a weird situation on this, where on one hand, we ought to know if the president's got his act together mentally. On the other hand, if he doesn't, we probably should keep that a secret from our enemies. So, I don't know. Um, There is an update on the Gabby Petito story. Something kind of major happened yesterday. Let's check in on that. Despite grueling searching by air, foot, ATVs, and big swamp buggies, still no person of interest Brian Laundry nor his backpack. Just that his mom's car was left at the trailhead in the Carlton Reserve nine days ago, where she says he went for a hike. It's extremely rugged, much underwater, and full of alligators, snakes, and bugs. And the undeveloped Florida backcountry goes on and on for dozens and dozens of miles. The larger Mayaka River State Park extends this area even further north. If you were hiking each and every day, you could be, by now, long gone from the Carlton Reserve. Local outdoorsmen say, theoretically, one could survive in here for days with proper backcountry skills. Most importantly, a water filter device to tap into the standing water. Uh, It's interesting that report leaves out the headline, (laughs) which is 
that the FBI issued a federal arrest warrant for Brian Landry. So the boyfriend fiance that we've all been suspecting all this time is they're now looking for him to arrest him. I think it was later in the report they mentioned, too, that he'd bragged about uh, spending 42 days or some some ridiculous amount of time alone in the wilderness in that area. That sounded like a load of crap to me. And he lived on cheese and crackers, he said. Yeah, okay, that's something you tell your buddy is a loser. That's what you did there. I don't know. The guy, like, hikes for a living. He's in Canada. He's in Mexico. He's in France. He's, he's got out of the country with his parents' help. That's at least my current theory. Um, but so what, what turned the FBI to want to arrest him? We don't know that, right? Oh, evidence. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be my (laughs) guess is something they took out of that house where he was living with Gabby and his parents. Something they took out of that house made him think, okay, he did it. I don't know. I don't know what that is. And the autopsy, the examination of the crime scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, they got him, I have a feeling more or less dead to rights. Uh, on the other hand, I like your theory. He and the parents concocted a scheme to direct all the attention to this uh, vast Florida game preserve that they knew would suck up lots of time and resources to search. Meanwhile, he's in a Toyota Corolla heading for the Mexican border, or Canada, like you say, or France. I wouldn't take a Corolla to France, but, you know. Although I don't know what you're going to do for the next 65 years of your life in Canada or Mexico or wherever you are. Uh, with Fortune identity? With Go every- undercover, it happens. Don't you usually have to have a ton of money to be able to pull that off? I don't know. We'll see. Um, Honestly, you find the name of some kid who died young. You assume their identity. You get yourself some uh, IDs made. You go get a job. You buy. You go rent an apartment. You live your life. You've put a lot of thought into this. Eh, a little bit. Clearly a guy who's wanting to go on the lam. Uh, not yet. But I uh, got my bag together. It's packed. I'm ready. The Haitians coming to this country put a lot of thought into their plan, too, and you can't blame them. So uh came across this picture yesterday. Stacks of foreign IDs that are being left behind at the border. Uh, so earlier this week, the story was, look, you can't apply for asylum here f- from Haiti when you've been living, you know, some other country for years. Right. So everybody that's trying to sneak into the country or has snuck into the country got word of that, and they dumped their IDs so they can say they're from Haiti and uh, and and get to stay here as a as a refugee from Haiti. And so there are stacks and stacks of Brazilian and uh, Panama. Is that the other country? The two main countries, but just tons of IDs that they found at the border from these other countries. That would mean that they have to apply for asylum in Mexico or Brazil or wherever they're 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 hanging out. They don't right. get to come yeah. to the United States. But isn't that something? How the word gets around on staying ahead of the letter of the law? Oh, yeah. Well, the cartels are good at their business. I mean, they're evil. They're brutal. They're cruel. But they're smart. So, yeah. Yeah. Ah, man. Well, hey, Joe Biden asks uh, answers a question about that, uh, by the way. And, again, his answer not terribly impressive. Hope you can stay tuned. We've have, we have uh, some uh, snippets from the press conference. Substantial snippets, a big snippet. What's a big snippet? A snip? The snippet is small. I suppose a snip has to be big, yeah. Well, we have some serious meaty snips for you, so stay tuned. (laughs) Big, thick, meaty snips. 
A uh, quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, the best home security out there. They have a brand new wireless outdoor security camera. And it's not just a camera, it's a great camera. So no scumbag, no rando, no weirdo is going to, you know, ooch around your home and take your stuff without you seeing their face, their license plate, all of it. Oh, I wish I'd have had that. It's on my house a couple weeks back. Remember somebody uh, spray painted on my house some blank the police slogan. I would have loved to have had that camera with the 140 degree field of view. And the color night vision with the spotlight and the fact that you can eight times zoom in on their face with the HD resolution, I'd have been able to nail down exactly who it was. It's the neighbor yeah. kid. Down the, it's the neighbor kid down the street. Why that rascal? Super high resolution, uh, easy to move, rechargeable battery, so it doesn't need an outlet. Can go anywhere on your property. Its camera has it all. Integrates with Simply Safe Home Security, of course. To learn more about this exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/armstrong. And Simply Safe is celebrating the new camera by offering twenty percent off your entire new system in your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. So once again, go to simplysafe.com/armstrong. Uh, let's see. So we got to get to the Joe Biden clips in a moment or two. Did you see where the Biden administration, their big move was to take away horses from the Border Patrol? Yeah. Because oh, that's the problem. A couple of unfortunate looking pictures is the real issue on the border. It it really uh, points to the way we handle things in the news flow. What's causing you the trouble? The 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 pictures of the guys on the horse. Not the 15,000 Haitians under the bridge. That's not a, a policy thing. To, no, no, no. What's causing us problems is the pictures of guys on the horse whipping people. So we got to get rid of horses. No more horses on the border. That's, there you go. That's problem just, solved. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's something. Uh, it is. It's it's absolutely idiotic. Uh, you know, you know eh, yeah, as long as we're kind of talking about immigration. Michael, can you play me clip number 39? This is the man from Texas still rocking the beard, sticking with it. Ted Cruz. Representative Ocasio-Cortez has a famous photo of her grasping her head by the kids in cages. Well, I'm going to give a simple challenge for Representative Ocasio-Cortez and for every Democrat in this body. Go see the Biden cages with your own eyes. I've seen them, the Donna Tent facility with over 4,000 people with little boys and little girls on top of each other. And all the Democrats who talked about this, if they don't go... If they don't denounce the Biden cages, then they're telling you that they're hypocrites. Boy, that's awesome. That they didn't believe it when they said it, that they didn't care about it when they said it, that it was all politics. It wasn't about their kids. I don't know why he always has to talk like he's playing Macbeth on the stage, but... Um, <laughs> if he could drop that, he'd be so much more effective. That, that was awesome, and he's absolutely freaking right. Journalists... <laughs> Or Democratic politicians, if you don't go there and look at the kids in cages and all that sort of stuff and feel the same way, well then, okay, now we get it. That's fine, but we get it. It's all just politics. It's not you actually care about these people. And let's just be clear about that. Well, and it's so obvious. I it's, mean, this is just, please, this is just like a, a six months, eight months later. All of Ted, a sudden you don't care. <laughs> is Ted Cruz still rocking the mullet? That they called uh, McConnell in the front and party in the back. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I was distracted by the beard. But he's absolutely right. You shouldn't be able to get away with that. Yeah. You're crying tears in your eyes about the way people are being treated, and they're being treated exactly the same way now. And you don't care. 
Fantastic. You know, there's there's more to that clip too. I, I wish we had more of it because he just he is on the is soapbox. And why does Joe Biden refuse to go to the Rio Grande Valley? Because if he goes, the TV cameras will come with him. Why does Kamala Harris, who's supposed to be the border czar, she's supposed to be in charge of this? Why won't why won't she go to the Rio Grande Valley? Because if she went, the TV cameras would show the mm. Biden cages. That's good stuff. And the Democrats are counting on the corrupt corporate media to suddenly say nothing to see here. 15,000 Haitians under, Haitians under a bridge in Del Rio. Nothing to see here. Anybody want to know what Joe Biden's favorite ice cream flavor is? Now that's the news. Oh, that's good stuff. Ooh. And then he said, alas, poor Yorick, I knew him well. <laughs> Bit of a non sequitur there, but beautifully played. <laughs> So the uh, great-grandpa Joe finally answered some questions. They were under acute pressure to do so. How did he do? If you stay with us, you will know in a few seconds. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out. Down a dirty I can tell it's Friday because I just want to listen to the entire Tom Petty song. Really loud in my headphones. Yeah. As I drive yeah. away from work. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's weird is I often, I probably will today, listen to a variety of great podcasts discussing the news of the day that I like. I love it too much. I, I, I was reading, George Will's got his new book out, and I was reading an article in the Washington Post last week, and he was talking about that old saying about if you, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, and that whole thing. And he said, I would be doing this anyway. And that's the way I always feel about this job and taking in the news. I'd be doing it anyway, even if I wasn't getting paid for it. And I, yep. I love the fact that the president has come out and is speaking today. Indeed, he is. I think it's probably because the, the, the press was so peeved. During that uh, meeting with or the the what do you uh, joint statement with uh, Boris Johnson, Bojo took some questions, and Biden clammed up, and the and Biden's aides actually shouted down the reporters. Weird scene in the press. Is you pissed. know why? Because they're afraid if he hears one of the questions, he'll answer it. How weird is that? Yeah, not good. So he, he did succumb to the pressure though, and answered some questions. He made a statement about the vid and stuff, but then took questions. Clip seventy, Michael. Democrats, members of your own party, are still divided over your agenda going forward. So what do you say to Americans who say that you have not delivered on that promise? Remember I said it's going to take me a year to deliver everything I'm looking at here. That's number one. Number two, um, uh, take a look at what I inherited when I came into office. When I came into office, the state of affairs and where we were. We had 4 million people vaccinated. We had no plan. We had, I mean, I could go down the list. So, uh, you know, part of it is dealing with the panoply of things that were landed on my plate. I'm not complaining. It's just a reality. Yeah, yeah. It's a reality, number one. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. You're saying, uh, look, I started behind the eight ball. It's and, not my fault. And number two, the two thing. It's no malarkey. No joke. Um, no, but even lefty journalists have said that the whole the idea that there was no plan is just not true. The number of people vaccinated has to do with how the, the vaccine got approved, like, right at the end of the year. That's how far into it we were. That's just so weak, man. That's so, I take full responsibility, but hey, uh, I was dealt a bad hand, so you can't, can't blame me. All right. Clip 71, Mike. Tell me, true international pressure. 
Right. <laughs> now clip 71. My economic plan. The economic plan, you all are always, and understandably, legitimately, citing polls. Every element of my economic plan is overwhelmingly popular. Overwhelmingly popular. But the problem is, with everything happening, not everybody knows what's in that plan. Second point I'd like to make. We talk about price tags. The, it is zero price tag on the debt. We're paying. We're going to pay for everything we spend. So they say it's not, you know, people, understandably, well, you know, it started off at $6 trillion, now it's $3.5 trillion, now it's going, it's going to be $2.9. It's going to be zero. Okay, I don't, I don't know anybody that's 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 claiming that's true. Anybody? No, no, that relies on the usual ridiculous accounting tricks. Let's uh, uh, skip to seventy-three. Now, part of the problem is I had hoped, I hadn't planned on, although I kind of anticipated it might happen. I hadn't planned on the uh, uh, hundred seventy-eight mile top uh, winds, hurricanes going to Louisiana and. 20 inches of rain in New York and New Jersey and and uh, an area as big as the state of New Jersey burning down in the West. And so what I had hoped I would be doing, I'd do what I did in the campaign. I'd be out making the case about what my plan proposed, contained. And it's been very much curtailed by a whole range of things. So I guess I think it's a totally legit. Obviously, it's a legitimate question you've asked. But I think putting it in context here. It's going to take some time here. So he's blaming the weather? Okay, it's just perfect time to hear this. Uh, this is what Jonah Goldberg had to say about the president's tood yesterday. When you're weathering storms, you're not responsible for the weather. Storms are things that happen to you. Joe Biden says events in Afghanistan unfolded. Events at the border have unfolded as if he has no agency and no responsibility for these things. He's made choices, and we're seeing the consequences of his choices on a whole bunch of fronts. And the way the media and the way the White House spin it, it's like poor Joe Biden is just is like Charlie Brown being followed by a rain cloud, and he has no responsibility for what the predicament that his White House is in. And we'll see if it works for most people. Are half, you know, only has to work for half the country to, uh, to, to to get reelected. But the whole idea that something happened to me with Afghanistan, something happened to me with the fact that I was going out saying you need booster shots, and then the, the doctor said no. Uh, something happened to me at the border. It's not my fault. Um, we'll see if that works. Yeah, I'm tempted to do another news search to see if any of the other mainstream left-leaning media are on the Hunter Biden story, which we were discussing earlier. It's now utterly clear that Hunter sells influence. He sells, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Connections to the old man at a high, high cost. Bingo. Um, It's heartening, at least to some extent, to hear the media asking some fairly critical questions at that rare opportunity um there's there's signs they're waking up and remembering what they're supposed to do for a living but we'll see we'll see how far it goes we need to dig into the so what's going on with after midnight last night the cdc putting out their statement that they are in favor of they recommend booster shots what's going on there i think it's as simple as biden stuck his neck out the administration stuck their necks out said yeah we're going to get boosters the boosters will be ready for everybody boosters for everyone and then the cdc panel said no we're nowhere near advising that we don't have the data we don't know enough yet um and and it was as embarrassing as we pointed out so biden or or one of his people 
uh, old Ron Klain, his chief of staff, called up Rochelle Walensky and said, uh, no, we're giving out boosters. So she overruled her own panel, explicitly defying the science. And as James Lindsay put it, okay, now we know they're doing the opposite of quote-unquote following the science. So what do we not know about side effects? What's, uh, what is the, uh, what's the bedrock of this policy? Because it's not science anymore. What are we going to find out in the future? I I know. So I'm reading this from Dr. Yvonne Maldonado, an infectious disease expert at Stanford, who said, I'm surprised that Dr. Walensky of the CDC overturned the uh, the votes today. Um, so there, that's the, yet another expert weighing in and saying, I'm kind of surprised they're recommending them because that's not what the science is showing us. But all right. I'll tell you what, I, as we've said over and over, uh, I got the vaccine the first moment I could. I spent a lot of time on the phone trying to make sure I could get the vaccine. I'm not anti-vaccine, but when you got a bunch of signs, 16 of 18, saying, now nah, you don't need it, and then somebody comes out and overrules that because the, the, the president looked bad, and then other infectious disease experts like this person at Stanford saying, I don't know what they're doing, that makes me a little troubled. Yeah, it does. It does. They are willing to put politics over science, uh, even their own scientists. Troubling. And why? I don't even understand why. I, I think because Biden promised it. He said, it's a good job and we'll have it for you. You need it. And then science hung him out to dry. So they, you know, veto the science. Armstrong and Getty.